0: Three, where the writers ask if they can make Datamus Prime's death even more traumatic, And the answer will be a resounding yes. Uh-huh. Very much so. We start, as we do with many Season 3 episodes, in space. I mean, aren't we all in space, if you really think about it? Rodimus, Ultramagnus, and Spike are on an Autobot spaceship fleeing from the Decepticons who are on their own spaceship. Just, you know, an average day for the bros. At the helm of the con ship is, naturally, Galvatron, who receives a video call from the Quintessens. The Quintessons try to suck up to Galvatron uh, since they have given him the Autobots location. He hangs up on them in a totally normal way by shooting the screen. The Decepticon repair technician is in a closet somewhere, crying. I- horribly, <laughs> hysterically crying. <laughs> I feel like there just has to be a level of damage you expect when Galvatron's on board anything at this point. They chase the Autobots through an asteroid field after taking out one of the the ship's engines. The Decepticons shoot the Autobot ship, and being down an engine, they are unable to escape. Galvatron is surprisingly lucid at this point in the episode, actually going in to investigate the wreckage and confirm that the Autobots are dead. Elsewhere, as you may expect, the Autobots are fine having gotten away in a life pod. R.C., Cup, and Daniel are revealed to be here today, too. Ultramagnus laments that while they got away, they do not have access to communications and it may be months before they're found. Spike is upset at the prospect of air running out before them. Rodimus says they'll have two choices, suffocate or smother. Damn, Roddy, that was dark. (laughs) He's not coping with his sudden career change. No. Thankfully for all involved, they arrive at a... Large, but strange monument, or strange structure in space. The cons see the same structure in the distance and move to intercept. Our strange locale is functionally an Autobot mausoleum, where all the characters who died in the movie have been laid to rest. And no one told Daniel about this place, apparently. Daniel's hesitant to go inside, since you know dead people he presumably knew and loved, but Rodimus tells him that there's nothing inside that can hurt him. This is reasonable advice, I guess. Dead people don't typically get up and walk around. I <laughs> think. And Daniel, despite his misgivings, goes off by himself! <laughs> Coming across the resting places of several characters we know, such as Ironhide, Ratchet, Prowl, and Huffer. And lastly, the corpse of Optimus Prime! <laughs> Who was just chilling and hanging out behind him because he was out for his daily corpse walkies. <laughs> This part is kind of confusing because I'm not sure if we're supposed to think the button, like, Daniel accidentally hit opened Optimus's tomb because we'd seen Optimus' legs in the previous shot, but the walls seem to disappear and reveal Optimus here. We really have—it's it's unclear. We have no idea what's going on, exactly. Uh, Daniel makes it back to his group, saying, with, you know, extreme distress, that he saw Optimus. To place it Daniel's worry, the group arrives at Optimus' tomb, that's on the other side of the memorial veil, that's here, away from where the others were interred. So Daniel didn't open his tomb earlier, but I am still not sure what we were supposed to think happened there. Yep. Uh, Rodimus is saying that the Matrix would have told him if Prime was still alive somehow. I mean, maybe it's the equivalent of, like, chipping them? Even if it's been pulled out, it's still got a connection. It's like... They can tell if previous holders are alive? No idea. The group opens the casket and are shocked to find it empty! <sighs> but the cons arrive before they can investigate any of this. A firefight ensues, and Galvatron destroys their life pod. The Autobots retreat but are quickly overtaken. But as Galvatron takes aim, a very familiar voice speaks and shoots. That's right, the dead have risen from their graves. Or at least Optimus has. And is here to stand guard over his fallen brethren, telling the cons to leave this place or die. The cons understandably retreat after getting attacked by a fucking zombie. Cyclone is carrying an injured Galvatron away like a potato sack under his arm is a great image. It is. Rodimus is very relieved to no longer be in charge. The man wants to throw the Matrix at a corpse. That's not the action of a man who's happy with his current God-given career path. But Cup and Magnus are like, uh, let's hold off on that. Yeah, but Daniel wonders if Prime was in some sort of coma, but the others aren't so sure. And I mean, they're doubting Perceptor for this. I mean, Prime wasn't technically pronounced dead by a medical doctor. Signs went dead and he turned <laughs> gray after turning his face to the wall I think I trust Percy I just think there's some ground for them to be like um I mean they had to have gotten first age to show up at some point I to do no a medical idea. exam I don't know where the bodies went after the movie or what process happened I'm just saying if they all chucked them on a the space mausoleum considering Autobot management at the time I would not have been fucking shocked that's all I'm saying. They've got the same sort of laissez-faire attitude regarding corpse disposal as they did in the comics, with Optimus Prime's corpse getting launched into space with the Matrix still in it. (laughs) Yep, that all tracks. (sighs) They follow- back on- back on topic. They follow Optimus to a hangar where he has supposedly been building himself a ship. Rodimus offers Optimus the Matrix, but he doesn't seem to want to take it. He does eventually do so, but after sort of, you know, fighting with himself. Rodimus is overjoyed to be Hot Rod again. Like, it was not a glow-up, guys. It He looks so much better as Hot Rod than Rodimus. Yep. Rodimus was premature aging. Optimus then shoots Hot Rod and begins firing on the group. Again, not appearing as if he's in complete control of his own actions. With the others out of commission, he takes his, you know podge podge ship and sets the mausoleum to self-destruct via setting it on a path into a nearby sun this is like at least the second time that the autobots have been trying to be fired into the sun yes Mm -hmm. everyone's okay at the moment but they aren't understandably concerned about their fucking flight path into the sun (laughs) on cybertron we see optimus talking to percy grimlock springer and air raid Telling them that the others gave their lives so that Optimus might return. This is a sh- reverse Jesus. <laughs> yes, and also a shitty, um, shitty management of, uh, a shitty bargainer. He also tells them that Spike and Daniel were killed by the Quintessons. Gramlock is very angry at the Quintessons and throws a tantrum, while Springer vows to, well, he vows revenge for Arcee. Elsewhere, the quintessens act, much like the arbiters of reality, even more than normal, one of them proposing an anticipatory snicker of triumph. A Discworld reference, our apologies. Yep. Too bad you can't just kill them with chocolate. (laughs) Back at the mausoleum, the group has a pair- Well, I mean, maybe you could kill them with chocolate. Maybe they're like dogs. (laughs) It's poisonous. I don't know! I'm not even sure they're organic! I kind yeah. of really want to be like, maybe we could drown them in chocolate? That would be fairly entertaining. Well, Willy not get in here! <laughs> Gunk up their internal mechanisms. Sorry, back on topic. Back at the mausoleum, the group has apparently put together their own ship that they use to escape and head back to Cybertron. Their landing is less than graceful as they nearly take out two Dinobots, but they do all arrive in one piece unharmed. In a rare instance of someone actually being nice to the Dinobots, Artsy tells Sludge and Snarl how happy she is to see them. But the Dinobots are less enthusiastic, as all of these guys are supposed to be dead. They are all informed that the Autobot fleet is on their way to fight the Quintessens. In said fleet, Optimus is in command and seems hellbent on an all-out assault, despite Percy's suggestions. Blur informs Optimus that Hot Rod and the others are alive, since apparently they were able to contact them. And, uh, that's... Their nearly departed counterparts will be uh, joining them soon, but Optimus says it's a quintessence trick. I mean, they managed to get the fastest guy to deliver the message as fast as possible, and Optimus is just like, no. Back with the quintessence. They say the Autobots are attacking a decoy planet, and then insinuate ominous things, such as Optimus Prime still doesn't understand what's happened to him, and then even to himself, he seems alive. Yep, that's pretty ominous. The Quintessons' plan here is apparently to get the Autobot fleet around the decoy planet and then blow it up, killing all of the Autobots. The Autobots attack, but are counterattacked by Quintessen defense systems, taking heavy damage. Several shuttles, you know, possibly people, are destroyed. Hot Rod's group tries to contact the flagship again, but Optimus repeats that it's Quintessen trick and fires on them. Everyone on Hot Rod's ship is sucked out into space. It's a good thing Daniel and Spike were already wearing spacesuits. Percy, being the smart cookie he is, realizes that, no, that is in fact Hot Rod and company, and sends out a rescue team. Hot Rod punches through the blast doors to get to Optimus and tells him that he's taking command. Those are some shitty blast doors. (laughs) If Hot Rod can punch through them, though, maybe he was weakening them with fire. Maybe? This causes Optimus to remember that it's the quintessence that brought him back, and he begs Hot Rod to stop him. By bring him back, we literally mean as a robot zombie. Yay, we're bringing more layers of horror to the show. Let's let's really traumatize these children, guys. Let's flog that dead horse. The quintessens call him a robot zombie in the flashback, and we are informed that it's only fragments of Optimus' personality and memories that are present. Otherwise, he is being controlled by the quintessens. I'm sorry, now my brain just went chat GPT controlling Optimus. Oh, God! <laughs> That's what the quintessens are, really! <laughs> I'm sorry, I literally just had that in the middle of this. That's very unhelpful. Um, Optimus and Hot Rod fight in a very awkwardly animated sequence. Optimus gets the upper hand, but is able to fight the Quintessence control for long enough to give Rodimus back the Matrix. Walter Magnus, RC Cup, and Spike get to Rodimus to help him escape the ship. On the bridge, Optimus sends out his last command for the Autobot fleet to return to Cybertron. But the flagship and Optimus continue and collide with the decoy planet, detonating it while the rest of the fleet escapes. Rodimus promises to try and be as good a leader as Optimus as their episode ends. So join us next time for episode 74, Starscream's Ghost. Come on now. You didn't think that only Prime got to return from the grave, did you? (sighs) The best character is back. (laughs) Okay, I stand by my statement, the cons are not nearly as interesting, and like, 90% of that is because, one, Soundwave's not allowed to do anything fun, and two, Starscream is here being a giant bastard. I'm just saying. they aren't letting any of the other Decepticons do anything interesting, because, I mean, Cyclonus is basically it. Yes. Like, when fucking Astro Train and Blitzwing did their stupid thing, that was an entertaining episode. It was, actually, yeah. That's kind of the problem, is, it's like... Cyclonus and not very many other people really get to do anything uh, in I think the entirety of season 3 for the cons like you know they'll pop-up there will be one music-oriented episode which I think might be the last appearance of Soundwave it's certainly the last time he does a lot of much relevant yeah okay so today we have both fan art and fanfic so our first fanfic for today is diplomacy By Raised by Mughals, it's G1-based. Rated G, it's Gen. There's no pairings, and our characters here are Rodimus Prime, Starscream, First Aid, RC, Jazz, and many original characters. Alternate title, Cybertron's Got Talent. In summary, with Cybertron recovering from its long and destructive war, Rodimus Prime journeys to the Seeker-controlled city of Nouveau's in order to reclaim a part of himself long forgotten. But a dark secret and a fight over Nouveau's future threatens to destroy everything Rodimus has worked so hard to build and will push his skills, both old and new, to the limit. Politics is a dance, and in Nouveau's, dance can be deadly." It's a political drama about giant pole dancing robots, y'all. I... I really can't even. <laughs> <laughs> and... I went with it for cultural, cultural reasons, because I mean, the whole giant robots throwing their dead people out into <laughs> a giant mausoleum in space is definitely a big cultural difference. <laughs> definitely. And so I wanted something that would, you know, explore different what, potential cultural differences, and Race by Mughal's is a pretty good author, so I like their work. Um, and it's a completed multi-cha- multi-chapter fic. The second fic is a Zombie Movie Marathon by Grey Lily. It's IDWG1, rated T, gen, There's no pairings, and her characters are Springer and Cup. And in summary, Springer hated mo- zombie movies. The theme here is pretty uh, self explanatory. Zombies! <laughs> Considering Zombie Optimus Prime and all the random stuff that happens well, not random stuff, but the stuff that happens in IDWG1 with Cup and zombies and Springer. And uh, yeah. So let's go to the fan art! Alright our fan art recommendation for today is breakdown butt lights um they have they actually have an 3 <laughs> and a tumblr they had a twitter but uh, the account seems gone now so i don't i'm assuming they deleted it um <laughs> if you're listening to this beyond the year of our lord 2023 uh twitter is currently on fire so i'm not exactly surprised yeah they do mostly idw stuff and kind of Summarize what they do. They post a lot of human former stuff. Currently, they seem to be posting a lot of tarantulas prowl stuff, but they've also created art for other pairings in the past, such as Cyclonus and Tailgate and Ratchet and Drift. Today, we're linking their lesbian Cyclonus and Beardy Ratchet designs, which are both very lovely and some of my favorite humor, human former designs for these characters. Um, yeah, like, that, that Cyclonus can step on me. That would be fine, actually. What a good way to go. <laughs> um, and then this, I, I love this picture of Ratchet. Like, I actually used it for inspiration for a D&D character. <laughs> Where it was, like, grizzled old, like, medical person. I love it. And then, uh, also, they have a human former design for tailgate, and uh, here we're going ah. to uh, link to the anxious little bean. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's very anxious. She also reminds me a lot of, like, Kid Gohan from DVC. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> so you have, like, Kid Gohan-esque-looking little lady and her giant vamp wife, and it is glorious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that just about wraps it up for us today. Remember to check us out on Tumblr or Pillowfort as AfterSpark-Podcast for any additional information, show notes, or links I may have mentioned. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at AfterSparkPod, all one word, and various other locations by searching for AfterSpark Podcast, such as AO3, iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, just to name a few. And feel free to send us questions on Tumblr, YouTube, or AO3. Till next time, I'm Specs, And I'm Owls. Toodles. Hey guys, I don't trust anyone, so please don't come out with weird sex scandals in the next five years. I'm begging you. I don't want to fucking find that out. Thank you.